Do you have conversations with your clients? Do you really talk to them or just kind of shout stuff at them? This is a fascinating chat with brand architect, number one international best-selling author and the founder of the brand trifecta, Kate DeLeo. Now, we're going to talk about branding, cringeworthy conversations between brands, how Kate generally looks at content marketing, and how to measure the results of your conversations. Now, you can find Kate on a website, on LinkedIn as well. There's a bunch of links in the show notes. And subscribe to Not Another Marketing Podcast if you enjoy this episode. The first thing I asked Kate was to kind of explain what brands having conversations actually means. Oh, it's a great question, John. So when we talk about brand, I think the first thing to remember is brand is really the promise of of who we are and the value that we're delivering to our clients and customers and our Hmm. partners. And if, if we think about that, the goal of our brand message is to create a natural conversation with those humans mm-hmm. on the other end who want to engage with us and want to know more about how we can actually help them. How can we solve their heart pain? Mm. And so brands really should have a message structure that is not just shouting at somebody yeah. or inundating them with information and content. I call that megaphone marketing. Yeah. But instead, have a very layered and precise set of messaging that allows the other person to at every line that they read or hear go, now that's interesting. Mm. Hang on, tell me more. Wait, let me go deeper on this point. So in other words, John, brand conversations Mm. happen when your message creates room and space with a natural and authentic provocation to allow that other person to opt in and want to know more. So a brand is not a person, right? (laughs) Well, you know, it's a great question. It's not always a person, although sometimes I get this question, but Kate, I'm a, I'm a consultant, I'm an author, but I am the brand. Okay. Now in those scenarios, certainly you may be the face of the brand. But Google's not a person. No, (laughs) no, no. it's so much more. Do do you think, do do you think we try and make our company a person too much? I actually do think so. Yes. Mm. You know, it's funny. Um, while we genuinely want consumers or our buyers to see the human side of us, we sometimes go overboard and it ends up coming across as very fake or yeah. very oh, cheeky. And you kind of go, is that really authentic? Is that real? Or is this salesy? Is this slimy yeah. sales? Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you can... You can either be too salesy, so you sound like a 1970s sale used car right. salesman, right? You know, yes. you know, buy one, get one free and all that. Um, or, or you can try and sound like a person, which again, we've all seen some of those cringeworthy social media conversations where a brand talks to a brand. Right. And like some of them are just awful, aren't they? I mean, it's just... Oh my gosh, I, yeah. I, I don't think they realise the people are actually laughing at them and not not with them them, sort of Mm -hmm. I'm convinced of it so why do we find all of this so flipping difficult to do because I think brand is a bit of an enigma for most of us in business Mm. Uh, let me explain more I think that we really understand especially in the last 10 years with the onset of the importance of what people say is content marketing and the digital era that we're in I think that we are very much trained to understand tactics yeah. Okay, I've got to be on Facebook. I've got to run the ads. I've got to do yeah. the emails. I've got to do this. 
And that's great, but what we've lost sight of is the art and science of the strategy behind it. Brand ultimately means that you need to decide who you are mm. and who you are going after and why. Yeah. Yeah. All of that has to come before the tactics. And often we get so wrapped up into trying to do the things to attract and acquire more customers that we forget that we haven't defined the ideal customer in the first place. Yeah. And we haven't defined our own brand's tone of voice or our clear message. Do you think we spend too much time basically just trying to fill Google with content? Oh my gosh, completely. Yeah. You know, and even I always I always laugh at um, this idea of content marketing that I, I you know I, I taught last week at a conference and I said, who said that you had to be on Facebook? Yeah. Raise your hand if you think you're supposed to yeah. be on Facebook. You know, and half the hands yeah. went up in the room, and I thought, where did we get this? Yeah. yeah if yeah. our audiences aren't even on certain platforms let alone they're not searching for us on certain platforms. Why are we there? Yeah. I think we have to go back a step and begin to ask ourselves, what are we even saying and why? And more importantly, where are we delivering that information? If yeah. our prospects are only in certain places, that's where we need to go up and show up and add value and, 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 and be in the room. Yeah. Do you think there's too much direct selling with our digital content, our web content, our social content, or that? Or do you think we don't do enough direct selling? Mm. Mm. It's a complex question because I think it would depend, John, on what you're selling and to whom. So, for example, I do think that some direct selling can work for consumer brands. Yeah. I think, though, for businesses that sell to other businesses, in other words, a B2B sales yeah. channel, we've pushed it too far. Yeah. You know, if you think about the behavior of a buyer in business, they deeply need to have a, a more in-depth conversation for, for signing the check. Whereas a consumer, I think that we can be quite direct. We can build funnels. We can build certain things. And cons as consumers, we're okay with that. We yeah. know that to be the norm. So we have to know, again, what's the behavior pattern of the buyer to whom we're trying to sell a product or service. And that should then dictate the type of sales interactions we decide to have leveraging our brand message. Yeah, so you're kind of like going back to the beginning and thinking to yourself, well, does does this brand, does our message, is what we stand for, does that require more direct selling or does that require six months of content marketing to get a lead? C completely. And yeah. I would even say, though, in both scenarios, I think people are in a state of overwhelm. Yeah. So I do think in general pair the content back unless you have a valid reason for it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, so often we get worried about having to produce content for content's sake because, well, yes. I have to have it for SEO and I have to, the metrics and the data. And I go, that's great. But, you know, if you're selling B2B SaaS services or a product, is anybody going to read your email? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. no, I only get a 0.1% click-through rate. I'm like, okay, so... Then why are you spending time worrying about that? Yeah. What if you took that time, energy, those resources and put it towards other types of conversations and ways to engage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and do you think sometimes a company should just decide, ju just say to somebody, do you want to buy it or not? Oh, yes. Thank yeah. you. So, you know, what's funny is I think that there's this, <laughs> the beautiful art of giving permission. You know, it's even in my sales conversations, I'm a consultant. I also sell a product, but in my consulting work, I very clearly just ask, is this right for you? Yeah. 
Yeah. I ask clearly and I ask them a yes, no question. Are you interested? And it's really interesting how that works. It, it works beautifully to also say, and if not, that's okay. Yeah. Just let us know. Just let me know. Either way, I'm here to support you, but hey, let me know where you're at. When yeah. you give permission for the out or the no, people will give you an answer and they won't yeah. ghost you. Yeah, I think it's also good to be able to tell people I'm not right for you. Yes. I think that's important. I did that this morning with somebody. I said, look, you know, I could do this, but I'm not going to do it great. So find somebody who can. That's right, because there's two things that are happening there. One, you recognized that in some certain certain aspects, perhaps the person wasn't a right fit for your best quality of services, correct? Yeah, yeah. So you may go, gosh, you know, I could give them some value, but maybe not full value. Yeah. Or I've had conversations where I meet somebody and go, wow, this, that's not my people. That's not somebody I'm going to get along with well in this consulting project. And this is going to be a tricky situation. So why am I spending time trying to convince the wrong person to mm. purchase from me? That's mm. actually going to kill my bottom line. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to remember that we are not in the business of convincing. We're in the business of converting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yeah. So so, so when we decided kind of like the types of conversation we're going to have with folks and we've worked out a bit of a strategy, how on earth do we make this authentic? Because I have this theory that if you try to be authentic, you're not being authentic because you're trying to be authentic. <laughs> no, it's a chicken and egg, isn't it? So it's like I hear so many people saying you've got to be more authentic, but then you're just not being authentic. I don't know. How do you do it? Well, first of all, I think that authentic is completely overused. Mm. I think that um, what we're really talking about is having confidence in who you are and how you show up in the world yeah. and what your expertise is, and you need to put a stake in the ground. Yeah. The only way you can actually be authentic is to realize that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And it's in your best interest as a brand, as an organization, to recognize that you only need to serve the one or two or three audiences who have the highest probability and will most deeply resonate with your specific message. And your revenue hinges on your ability to go serve more of those people, the few, because you're going to have an easier time closing them and mm. ultimately have a better way of serving them. We, we get so afraid that we're leaving money on the table because yeah. we need to be authentic and appeal to everybody. Yeah. But you cannot be everything for everybody. That is not authentic and people can smell it a mile away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think we need to be more self-aware? Completely. Mm. You know, John, self-awareness comes down to, as humans, understanding how we show up and what is our preferred communication style. Yeah. Or, and there's all sorts of assessments on this, right? We, we know so much about personality science in today's world. But as organizations, have we taken the time to think about that as well? Mm. Are we aware of who we really are and how we show up as a team, our leadership? What about how our salespeople show up, our customer service people? This is important because we can put one message into the world with our sales and marketing efforts, but if a customer then experiences us in a completely different way, yeah, we've missed the memo. Yeah. I, I think a lot of companies could do with kind of like this self-awareness and self-analysis and that, but I think some of them might be a little bit afraid with what they might see. Yeah, and that's mm. a really important point. Yeah. When you start evaluating who are we, how do we show up in the world, we're talking about brand, actually. It yeah. is who you are. Everything yeah. starts with that. And, oh, my goodness, it often can open up a can of worms. Yeah. It start, you start to realize maybe my culture in my company is not as perfect as it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Or 
ooh, we have some dynamics we need to look at here among our leadership team. Or, wow, we actually show up this way, but we're putting a completely different message into the world. No wonder we're not closing. Yeah. Yeah, that can I feel scary. Yeah, and, and I think change is difficult as well. It's it's like I mentioned about the brand of the conversations and the way you converse with people and the way we mm-hmm. communicate with people. If if we if we found a way twenty years ago that worked and we kind of like stuck to it, we don't want to change it now. We're terrified to change it, aren't we? And, and, and analyze it. Of course we are, because we don't want to leave money on the table. Yeah. But at the same time, we have to remember we're actually in a current climate that we have generations shifting. So Mm. even if I were to tell you basic data on the current status of the world, we have transitions of generations happening. Mm. We have Gen Zs really in the workforce now. Mm. We have millennials that are taking on key leadership roles. We have Gen Xers who are C-suite leaders. Mm. And boomers are slowly fading out. Mm. And with that, all of that is okay. All of that is normal. We have to start to understand what are these individuals and these generations looking for from us? Yeah. So the people we previously served, I would never say, you know, as we say where I live, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't get rid of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. However, it is a yes and scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah the, the whole sort of like demographic attitudes to life and the world and conversation and thing. It is absolutely fascinating because I, I don't think there's a huge difference. I might be a little bit controversial here, but I don't think there's a massive di- difference between that kind of like baby boomer generation and the millennial generation because they tend to be the, the millennials' parents. That's correct. Mm. We, we're, and I am a millennial and I was raised by older boomers, okay? Mm. So... They're in their mid-70s, okay? And I'm my late 30s. And as an older millennial with older baby boomer parents who were in early 50s when they were born, um, I would say to you that there are a lot of similarities actually in terms of work ethic, the way that we view the world, mm, yeah. the way that we view money, certain things. Now, all of that is fine. There's yeah. not too much deviation. At the same time, though, the needs of millennials are shifting. Yeah. Millennials have children. They're looking at money differently. They look at their homes and their families differently. We have a whole set of cultural dynamics that are impacting the way we think, live, work, spend money, and play. Yeah. And so even though perhaps there are are a sense of similarities, whether we sell a product or a service, I think it's imperative to remember that the nature and how people buy has changed. Yeah. That's okay. What we just need to understand is, how can we be our very best and most, I hate that word, authentic mm. selves yeah. as a brand Yeah. and recognize that we need to serve people who are coming up now into this next phase in the, yeah. in the world? Yeah. So with the whole content marketing thing, are you kind of like into the, into the six months worth of content, shoving people through drips and funnels and touch no. points and God knows what else. Or is no. it sometimes quicker just to throw up a bloody sales page and say, do you want to buy it? Do you know what? I, okay, it's the latter for me. I have to tell you, I'm a bit of an anti-marketer and here I am in branding and marketing, right? You know, yeah. and I, I say that because, you know, do you remember, John, 10 years ago when sales funnels came on the scene? Yeah. Click funnels. Yeah. And you you get on these pages and you're just scrolling and scrolling oh, and God, scrolling. Yeah. And they're 16 miles long and you're going, 
I, I, I don't even know what to buy. I'm yeah. so inundated with information and there's this overwhelm. Yeah. You know, people do not want to be shouted at. They want a clear, simple, singular call to action. Yeah. Consumers are not stupid. Yeah. I think we get. I th- I think we're moving slowly. I might be wrong, but I think it might just be me. But I think we're moving slowly away from the "I need to be mollycoddled by the company before I buy something" to "Do you just want to buy it?" Oh, absolutely. Especially in services. Especially if you sell a service. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I have both a product company and a service company. Mm. On my product website, I do have one single opt-in. If you would like to receive an actual downloadable document, and we're very clear and precise on that, that says we're collecting your email and we will follow up with you with any promotions. Now, why? The buyers are used to promotions in an email format. Very common. So they're signing up going, I would love to know if there's a deal. Okay. And plus this is a helpful document, but I don't offer them drip content. I just don't. Why? Because their psyche is not wanting to learn from me in a monthly email. Yeah. That's not why they're there. Yeah. Now on my services page, you're going to laugh at this. I have an entire pop-up that says, good news. I will not collect your email on this site. If you want to work with me, there is a form. Please click here to fill it out. Yeah. It's fascinating. Whenever somebody fills out that form, highly qualified lead that normally closes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very similar to you on that. Um, Yeah. Very similar to you. I think... um, do, do, do you think sometimes we've we've spent too long trying desperately to dress up our sales material and our marketing material as fancy, nice, we love you conversations, whereas, and people are getting, they're becoming more aware of, of that now. And, and, and when a company or an organisation does try to be all friendly and comforting and nice, that we just go, yeah, you're just trying to sell something. Oh, absolutely. Now, this is interesting because this also gets into... Remember how we said, how does your brand or organization show up in the world? Yeah. So I work with a number of teams that are quite bold Mm. and provocative and out there. And the leaders are just very like, tell it like it is. And they don't sugarcoat anything. And they're boom, 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 boom. Mm. And so the biggest thing that we do is we have messaging that feels exactly like that. There is what we call no BS language. Yeah. And I tell you what, it works for them. Yeah. I had one client that used to have all the flowery, like, we're here for you. Nobody yeah. bought it. They could see through it a yeah, mile away. Yeah, yeah. If your character is truly to just get to the point, get to the point. point. Yeah. 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 I think like 10 years ago, I would have I would have been doing the, oh, how can I help you? Oh, I love you. Oh, you're wonderful. You're amazing. Yep. And all of that. Now I'm not. No. And I think it's, it just shows that the world is moving on. We're just going through cycles, don't we? I, th- I think it just goes through cycles. It is going through cycles, and I think buyers are smarter, and especially in a post-COVID era, yeah. we are exhausted. Yes. We do not need... Any more emails. Junk. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we just want honesty, don't we? Yeah. yeah more I've than had... authenticity. We want honesty. Yeah, I mean, I, I've forgotten what day it is now. It's Thursday, isn't it? Is it Thursday? Yes, it is Thursday. It is. It's, it's, My it's coffee a, hasn't kicked in yeah, yet. It's been a week. Um, so so I think I've had three emails of my water company already. Now, in the UK, I only get to choose one water company. There's only one that can supply me, right? right. But I've had three emails this week. Well, the first one was thanking me for saving water over the summer. And I, I didn't really do anything. 
But 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 it's like it's the constant continual having to be in touch, and it's like just just make sure I've got water in the tap. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's some there's some you know for example, um, in branding what for for what I do, it's a one time project typically. Yeah. So am I going to email my customers and my prospects on an ongoing basis? No. Mm. In fact. Think about that logically. They came to me to get their brand um, improved. Yeah. Why would I want them to come back to me? That means I didn't do my job. Yeah, yeah. Think about that logically for a second. The best thing that I can do when I follow up with these individuals is a personal email to say, let's stay connected. How is business going? How can I be supporting you with network introductions? Who can I bring into your network? Now that's different. Yeah. But yeah. to simply tout my services, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you track that your strategy is working? How do you monitor this? Do you just kind of like put in a strategy and see if sales and leads go up? Or how do you know what works? Sure. So when it comes to brand messaging, I think there's a few things that we can address. So specifically, the metrics I guide folks to look at are if you sell to businesses, hmm. um, I want you to track, of course, your pipeline. So meaning I want you to track the number of qualified leads mm -hmm. coming into your pipeline. Yeah. You should have a set of metrics of what is qualified, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And then you need to, of course, track your close ratio. Yeah. And then, of course, track revenue. Yeah. Now, here's what's interesting, though, John. I also recommend that businesses track sales cycle. Right. Because what often happens, I had one particular company that went from a six-month sales cycle to less than 60 days. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was happening was is because they worked on having that really crisp, clear, honest message, when somebody came to their website, looked at that message, heard that message, watched a demo video, by the time somebody got onto a discovery call, they were no longer asking, what do you do? The yeah. brand solved that. Instead, that prospect had opted in and got on a call and said, I saw this, I love this, what can you do for me here and how much does it cost? Yeah. So instead of having to have multiple calls just to close a deal, they were cutting out two or three calls in that process because their brand message allowed that opt-in moment, yeah. that natural conversation where the other person's going, that's interesting, I want to know more. That's critical. And their message was their message being more direct, very direct. Yeah, than than before than they were doing before. Yeah, completely. And in yeah. fact, when they had a prospect fill out a form, you'll love this. They followed up with an email that said, "We're going to book this date and time. Please make sure these stakeholders are on the call. If they cannot join, we will please rebook." Yeah. Oh, and by the way, please watch these videos before you join, so that we can make the most of our forty minutes. Yeah. If you do not have time to watch these videos, please rebook. Yeah. Meaning they made the prospect take ownership. And it was fascinating because the right prospects took did the work. So when they showed up, I mean, they had all the information they needed. They're like, literally, how much does this cost? So yeah. instead of somebody wasting time trying to convince the wrong person who didn't do the homework, who didn't show up watching the videos, who didn't have the right stakeholders on the call, this is where all of a sudden you have higher qualified prospects coming to the table and closing faster. Yeah. It's fascinating. This, I, I, I think, I think content marketing in general is changing, and I think it's changing yes. for the better. Yes. Um, I don't think we'll need to be churning out quite so much content. Thank God. And I think we have to remember the tools themselves are fine. Emails great. Podcasting's yeah. great. Yeah. All of these tools are great. But if we don't have a strategy of yeah. why we're using it it's, and for yeah. whom, yeah. 
then we're really just throwing darts at a dartboard and hoping that something, something lands. Sticks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kate, fascinating. A chat for ages and ages about this. So where yes. can we find you? Where's your website and your social media? Where can we see all your content? Or- oh, absolutely. Well, thank you, John. So the <laughs> easiest place to find me is my website, which is www.katedeleo.com. And I'm sure, John, you'll put that in the show notes. I will do. And if you follow John on LinkedIn and you find me on LinkedIn, please reach out. Please send me a message. I do get messages all the time and I answer those personally. Would love to hear if you have a question as it relates to your brand and content marketing. Fantastic. I will. I'll stick some links in the show notes and folks can um, tap on tap on those straight away. Um, Kate, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, John. Thanks again to Kate for her time. Don't forget to check out all the links in the show notes. Give them a quick tap. If you've enjoyed the episode, you can subscribe for more Apple Podcasts, Spotify, absolutely everywhere. Uh, Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.